Hello and welcome to another edition of Fides Podcast. My name is Jerry Serino and I'm your host and I'm here with talent on loan from Rush. The uh, abortion issue has been in the news a tremendous amount lately here in the United States. It's always a heated issue and uh, has recently come up uh, very, very hot in the news because of the Supreme Court leak uh, of the court case that may potentially overturn Roe v. Wade and send things back to the states. Uh, But those of us in the United States here, we don't often know much about what is going on with the fight for life in other countries. And my guest today is Madeline Page, and Madeline is from the Right to Life of the UK. So all the way uh, from Great Britain is uh, Madeline. Madeline, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Jerry. Great to be here. Oh, absolutely. So um, this is really, I really mean it. It's interesting to me personally, and I do think that it is interesting to uh, my listeners to know what is going on in other countries, right? It's not, you know, it's it's a heated issue everywhere, and, and we just don't fully understand. So tell me, just as a brief overview, what is the status of abortion laws right now in the UK? So right now in the UK, abortion is legal um, for um, any reason up to 24 weeks. Um, and then it's legal um, up to birth in the case of disability. Te- I mean, technically in our laws, these are permissions that are allowed and we still have like no abortion. But the the way in which the law is worded um, is so vague that it allows in reality we have abortion up to 24 weeks for any reason and up to birth for disability. And again, the definition of disability is very broad. So it could be someone with Down syndrome, um, it could be someone with a more severe disability, um, or it could be something simple like a cleft palate. Um, you could have an abortion up to birth for that. Yeah. And I did a little bit of research just for myself to understand. And it did look like there were, it, it was technically in a lot of ways illegal but there were so there are so many exceptions and loopholes and things like that that essentially it's very legal and it's as you said it's done for very many reasons and it always really makes me sad uh, the whole issue of you know a cleft palate or down syndrome or something like that i mean it, it that is really sad but um okay so that's the state of it is as it is now here in the united states we have two political parties we have the republican party that is pro-life. It's the, it's the stance. It's part of the, uh, the stance of the Republican party. And then we have the Democrat party that is pro-abortion. How are things set up in the UK as far as, you know, I know the government obviously is a little different. And again, we are ignorant of these things. We don't know how things are set up in the UK. So is it similar to that in, in, in their parties? Not really. So we have we have two main parties as well. So we have Labour, which is um, sort of the left wing party, and then the Conservatives. You might hear them called referred to as the Tories, as sort of that's our slang for them, and they're generally the right wing. But both neither party um, is actually pro life. So in our recent general election a few years ago, the the left wing, the Labour Party, um, actually had in their manifesto very clearly that they wanted to. Um, make abortion make abortion even more legal than it already was. Um, so there was a campaign that was referred to as decriminalizing abortion. Um, so because of as we've addressed, abortion is technically illegal. They wanted to completely remove that. And then the Conservative Party 
um, so the right wing party, while they've not sort of explicitly come, they, they haven't explicitly come out either way. But in reality, um, they're not they're not pushing sort of pro-life laws at all. Um, so the way that we tend to have to vote here is for specific pro-life individuals. Um, so individuals, members of parliament who have pro-life positions. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's not as, as clear cut. I mean, for the most part, every Republican in the United States is pro-life with a few exceptions here or there. But I think what's even more dangerous or at least as dangerous are those politicians that just don't even fight for life, right? They might be officially pro-life as they say, but then if you do nothing to advance life, then you may as well be pro-abortion for sure. So when I also looked and did my research in Again, some of this is some of my ignorance. So if there are listeners in the UK that are listening, please forgive my ignorance. But you, you, if you go to your website and you look, you actually see that you have um, an overview. And we'll look at your website. It's really a good website, by the way. It, it segments out what's going on in the fight for life in the UK, Northern Ireland, Scotland, and Wales, right? So again, I don't fully understand you know, how all that works and the differences between, you know, the four uh, areas or four countries, you know, what are the differences? Are they all evenly represented in uh, the British Parliament? Uh, sort of. So you can kind of, yeah, I guess you could think of them sort of like the states that you guys have. Um, so the way that we work is we have a parliament in London and that will have representatives um, from all of the different countries. Um, but it's done proportionally for each country. So England has the most. Um, but then each country also has its own sort of parliament, as it were. And the name depends on the country. And then those individual countries and parliaments have what we refer to as devolved powers. Um, so that would be, I guess, in the US, where there's something you have federal laws and then you have state laws. Um, so for us, there will be laws that govern the entire nation all of the uk and then there will be some things of which abortion is one which is considered a devolved issue um so this is something that uh where the the path the the parliament in that country can make um a decision around some of the specifics of that law gotcha yeah so that is that does sound similar to the states here in the united states where there are some states. I'm in Ohio. That's where I live. And we have uh, some pretty good, uh, strong life uh, laws. So does Texas. Florida has some and some other uh, southern states. But then you have some states that are very, very liberal um, in the in the like. So uh, Boris Johnson is the British prime minister. And I presume then he's pro-abortion. I got to presume. Do you have any prominent politicians that are well-known within the pro-life community that uh, could potentially be a future prime minister or who is sort of like the sort of hero of the pro-life movement in the UK? That's a very good question. I don't know if I could name, I would feel bad as well, naming a specific person over another, to be honest. <laughs> I, there, I, I'm not aware of there being someone who's sort of on that track to be prime minister who's pro-life unfortunately um there are some amazing members of parliament who do a lot for the pro-life cause 
um, we do have, um, there's a really good group, it's called the All Party Parliamentary Pro-Life Group. So it's different members of parliament, regardless of political party, um, that do come together, especially when there's um, a pro-life or a pro-choice or anti-abortion, pro-abortion law, sorry, um, passing through uh, through parliament. So they're, they're a really good group of, of prominent MPs that will obviously vote for life, but then also try and rally their colleagues as well to do the same. Um, in general, what is what is sort of good, I suppose, at least, is that abortion tends to be um, a conscientious vote. So there are votes in Parliament where what will describe them as being whipped. So the party, um, everyone in that party will be required to vote in line with the party's policies. Um, but generally, abortion becomes a conscious vote, which is good considering we don't actually have a party, um, a, a major political party that would identify as pro-life. Okay. And so like like here in the United States, the ultimate, the Roe v. Wade that everyone is aware of, and you know that's the, the, the big court case, of, of course, and it was decided by the Supreme Court. And what the anticipation is, is that the current Supreme Court is going to essentially overturn Roe v. Wade and say, look, it was faulty to begin with and whatnot. Do your courts have uh, the same sort of strength or power or do the courts or have the courts stayed out of abortion? Um, so they, they do have similar powers. So our abortion law didn't come about as a result of a court case. Um, it was an, a law that actually passed through Parliament. But it, we do have court, uh, courts that could then overturn elements of that. So there has actually recently been a court case going through um, with this amazing young woman who herself has Down syndrome. And she's been challenging, essentially taking the government to court to challenge that law and saying that it's discriminatory because we have an Equalities Act and that therefore this law is in contradiction with that. Um, so that's kind of going through that process. And if the court were to rule in her favour, then that would overturn an aspect of the law. Okay. Well, that's great to know. That's really great to know. Um, I like that. Uh, so do you think, so here in the United States, it depends who you ask, but I, I think that the media will say that we're, everybody's pro-abortion. They, they, give you, they give us that perspective. I don't believe that for a second. I believe that we're actually very pro-life. And I believe that we're very close to, you know, certainly if Roe v. Wade is overturned, you're going to have probably about two thirds of states out of the 50 states that have very, that either outlaw abortion or make it very difficult. Um, and then you'll have, you know, 10 or 15 that uh, stay very strong pro-abortion like New York, California, uh, Oregon and stuff like that. But I think that that we're trending pro-life. How is it in the UK? Are they, do you feel like you, the majority of the people are pro-life? I, th I think when it comes down to the nitty gritty, yes. I think, I don't think the majority would be pro-life in all circumstances, which is what I would like to see. But I mean, similar to, to what you've just described, our media would like to portray the country as being very, very pro-abortion. When we actually do surveys and speak to people and ask them and explain to them what our current abortion law is, um, the majority of people um, don't like it and would like to see a reduction. So um, the majority of women um, that have been asked about this would like to see a reduction in those time limits on abortion. They'd like to see those lowered. I don't think the majority would want to see that to zero and to have no abortion, but certainly more pro-life than our laws currently are. Good. It's always really hard to really 
get an understanding of the percentages. You know, is it 60-40 for life? We don't really know. It's really difficult to even know that, especially with the media, who I think is very dishonest and the like. So uh, I want to take a look at really quickly at your um, at the website. Okay, so I just want to you know scroll through a couple things in here for the C. So you can go to righttolife.org.uk if you want to take a look at this. If you're just if you're from the U.S. or other other countries and you're curious about the situation, or if you're of course from the United Kingdom and you want to take a look at this. If you haven't um, aren't familiar with this, please take at it. But one thing that I I like about you and your organization is like here in the United States, you are also dealing with a number of issues, assisted suicide, euthanasia, uh, you know, embryonic stem cell research and and usage Mm -hmm. and the like. Um, Do you see any progress or better progress in one area over another? Are you guys so maybe a better question is what is the situation with say assisted suicide in the UK? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So at the moment, both assisted suicide and euthanasia aren't legal here in the UK, um, but there have been a lot of attempts to change that. Um, so I, th- I think I'm correct in saying over the last five years, we've, well, it's different because it differs in the different countries to um to bring euthanasia into our country fortunately they've been overturned there is another attempt on the horizon as well so i'd say fortunately it's something we've been able to stop and i hope that that continues um but it's definitely it's definitely being attempted yeah and it is here too it, it's that's why these issues mm. all go hand in hand and for you it's depending on the state for you there's some states have it and some states don't right Correct. Yep. Correct. Absolutely. Please go to righttolife.org.uk. Really a great website and you can get lots of great information and most importantly, get involved or help in any way that you are able to. Madeline, one other thing to do on my show whenever I have guests, which is a lot, is uh, not only to talk about a particular issue we're discussing, but is to find out a little bit about you as much as you're willing to share, as far as your involvement in this issue, how, how long have you been involved? What ultimately motivated you to get involved? And, um, you, you know, was it uh, your family upbringing? Were you, your, was your family always pro-life or how did it go? Um, no, it wasn't. It wasn't my family upbringing. My, my mom is quite, quite pro-choice and my sister is very pro-choice. Um, so it makes for interesting debates around the dinner table. I, um, I went to university. I would say I was, I was always kind of passively pro-life. I kind of had the attitude of, well, I wouldn't have an abortion, but I'm not going to impose that on other people. And then I went to university and there was a pro-life, pro-life society, a pro-life group on campus. And I, I was sort of slowly hearing more about them and the work they were doing um, and also studying philosophy at the same time. That was my major. And I became really aware that while I was studying this and we were looking at, you know, the morality of abortion, the morality, I was the only person who was advocating for anything, even vaguely pro-life amongst my peers. and just felt very convicted to become more equipped to have those debates and to have that discussion um, with people and from there 
um, it just kind of snowballed. I got involved. I became uh, part of the committee for the pro-life group. And then I did my dissertation on abortion. Um, and I focused specifically in my, throughout my degree on um, ethics and morality within philosophy. Uh, yeah. And from there, so yeah, so I did my dissertation arguing that abortion was never permissible in any situation, which was quite nerve wracking, handing that into your professor who you have no idea where he stands. And I don't think he was pro-life, but he was professional at least, which is, uh, which is better than many. So yeah, and from there I just got more involved and now I run, um, there's a group called the Alliance of Pro-Life Students. So we're the kind of UK equivalent of SFLA, if people are aware of Students for Life. Yeah, that's excellent. Uh, yeah, I hope people are very aware of Students for Life here. I've had a number of members on my show, including Kristen Hawkins, the president. Uh, it's a really, really great group. And I, as I always say, and as you're describing very similar, the youth of this country and your country are um, we should not underestimate the youth. These are some extremely strong, confident leaders. And by the way, a lot of them, maybe most of them are women. And, you know, this is a, that is such a great sign and very, uh, very exciting to see. So, well, that is, that is very intriguing that your mom and sister are pro-abortion and your not just, you, you know, you're not just in the middle of the road, you're taking very, very strong action here, right? That is, that is a yeah. tough thing. I mean, how does it go? Is it agree to disagree at times, but it, yeah, it can, it can make for very heated discussions. Um, I think, yeah, they, they don't understand why I, not only do I have these beliefs, but advocate for them unapologetically in all situations. I think they they really struggle with that, but life starts at conception and you you know when you see the the numbers i mean the millions of children um in the uk that are aborted i can't not do anything so yeah well that's amazing that's that is that is really cool and again that's a tough thing to fight not only our society which we all fight and i'm sure you fought it on your college campus because if you're if they're anything like the college campus is here and I have a college student, it is, it is very, very, very radical. And uh, it's amazing if you can survive. I survived, you're surviving and thriving. And that is really great and courageous. And, uh, you know, I think that there's probably a very good chance that at some point in their lives, your mom and sisters change their views. You know, I mean, that often does happen. And obviously, we hope that that happens at, at any point. So Madeline Page, this was really, really a great conversation. It was great talking to you. Uh, I've learned a lot. And uh, I know I'm, if you're listening, you know, you're going to want to learn more, you might want to and pay attention to the UK politics, because there are soldiers over there that are fighting just like we are. And um, I really appreciate Madeline, all that you're doing. And thank you for coming on. Likewise, thank you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. And and thank all of you for listening to this episode of Fide's podcast with Madeline Page from Right to Life of UK. Again, go to righttolife.org.uk and check them out, support, donate, learn, whatever you can, uh, get involved in any way you can. A great organization, certainly a great country. We can all be better countries if we have and respect life at all stages. And uh, that's what we strive for. So thank you again for listening. Please check out all my podcasts and all the different podcast apps on YouTube, on Rumble, 
and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on rightamericamedia.com. And to all of you in the UK, thanks for being here and listening, and I hope you, I hope you continue to listen. And uh, so thanks again, and we'll see you next time. Take the time to notice.